Good morning, Rev. Avraham. Okay. So we are at the bottom of uh, Ayin Teth Amid Bez, 79b, about six lines from the bottom. And we're in the new parak and a new Mishnah that we've started yesterday, getting into the nitty-gritty of the vows. And we said a new concept that we didn't go into, which is the concept that the husband has veto power, can revoke a vow, not every vow can he revoke. Those are only vows that affect him. Or the other category was vows of affliction. Those were the two things that the Torah mentions. But if this is something totally between her and Hashem, and her, it has no connection to the husband, she has no power over that vow. She made the vow, she's but there are certain vows that affect him, and then there are certain vows that the Torah mentions that la'anos nefesh, and we are going through defining each one. So uh, the question was, what exactly is affliction of vows? What exactly is that? Um, so that was the, what the Mishnah came to explain. These are the things that have ino uh, nefesh. So the Mishnah gave two examples. Um, I actually tried to avoid giving examples when I was doing, because you, you have to be careful. Each example you could really debate. is the, But the Mishnah gave, uh, gave two, uh, one about bathing and one about uh, jewelry. Now, the reason jewelry was actually a little bit uh, debatable what it means. Does it mean jewelry or perfume? And both of them are included in kishit. Kishit means uh, what a woman does to get ready. And we all know that that's, uh, uh, who knows, you know, that's the whole gavit. <laughs> we don't want to go there. So the only problem that we have, though, is going back to the mission on Ayin Testam and Aleph on uh, 79a, at the bottom, at the beginning of the chapter, was the mission doesn't actually tell us what the vows were. In fact, it only uses two words. If I wash, if I don't wash. If I uh, perfume, if I don't perfume. Um, they used to call the women's bathroom the perfume room or whatever. I go go for a per- powder room. Oh, thank you. I'll go for a powder. Well, it had nothing to do with powder, right? I don't know if they maybe they put powder on in those days, but uh, um, that's this word kishit is similar to that. It includes the whole gamut of whatever their women folk do. So, but the words are missing, and it's not. It's it, it's uh, as we wrote as we mentioned a few times that when they de- wrote everything down, they deliberately kept it brief. They left out words because they really didn't want to write down the oral law. And it's just like cliff notes. And we, we're very used to that in the Gemara. But now we need to go back and reconstruct what they did mean. So that's all of today is to figure out what the washing vow is over here. Im erchatz. Uh, and also, the, the real mystery is that typically, if you first of all, it goes, if you do. Now, what could be afflictive about washing? <laughs> and... Uh, and the, the other thing is, in ancient times, uh, there is room for the view that not washing is not necessarily afflictive, which is very strange to us. Uh, we'll see, there's opinions in the Gemara that it's strange. So I wanted to learn maybe washing means like formal washing, going to the Schwitz, but I didn't really see that. Uh, 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 but uh, uh, but there were, there were um, people in the Middle Ages who used to brag that they never took a bath, that they never... Uh, because they had these oil treatments that they would do, hot oil treatments, and uh, it, it wasn't so practical. That they didn't necessarily have a tub. You know, who would have a tub? To, and then a shower, 
unless you could have continuous water, if you got your water from a well, you could dump something over your head, but you really wouldn't, uh, it was not the bathing that we have. Uh, somebody was asking, what do they do for the mikvah? I don't know exactly. They, uh, they, they had to do other methods of cleaning, which were much less effective or, or much, lo- much longer. But either way, let's begin the Gemara. We started this yesterday, six lines from the bottom on Ayin Tesama Beis, Imerkatz. So the question is, Heiki Komar, <laughs> what was said over here? As we said, those two words don't make what the vow this woman said clear at all. So we're going to try a number of, of theories. E lema, if you want to say to Omar, maybe this is what she said. Now, the Mishnah said nothing about the fruits of the world. And we keep getting confused because the word fruits makes us think only fruits. But as I've mentioned before, the word fruits means anything that grows. In other words, weed is also a fruit. Produce, yeah. The, the, in other words, the Hebrew word peros means things that are fruitful, which, are, which includes produce, all, all, all growing things. So if, she says, konam peros olam alai, and these are all new words, by the way. The Mishnah didn't say it. We're, we're telling you the thing the Mishnah left out. She told the hubby. She said, it should be a korban to me, all the produce in the world, im erkat. If I bathe, that was her vow. And so he says, over my dead body. So he says, I'm, I'm revoking that. Lama lehafara, why does he need to revoke that? Let her not bathe. Lo tirchutz. And then, lo titzer peyus olam. And then the fruits won't become forbidden. This is assuming that having all of the produce forbidden, that's afflicting. And that's going to affect him. Or, or that, but having, the not bathing is not the affliction over. The more assumed at this point that that wasn't the worst of the two. It's much harder not to eat anything that grows than it is not to bathe. But uh, uh, if that's the case, so why does he need to nullify it? Just tell her not to, not to do the trigger to make it forbidden all the fruits. Va'od, and it would, uh, if this is true, why Lema Reb Yossi should say, he should say, he's arguing on this case, um, uh, he should explain that the reason it's not nefesh is because Dilma rocks of Isir Peris Olamala. Why? If, if they're arguing about bathing, you could argue exactly what's the affliction. But over here, if there, the, there's a problem is that she made a trigger to potentially forbid all foods to herself. So, uh, the, then that's uh, that's definitely inay nefesh, and, and that's why would Rabbi argue on that? The Ella. So this very first basic theory that we had, we need to adjust. That's what the Ella means. Ella means forget that. Let's try another uh, another way to explain the the two vows that she made in the Mishnah. That there's an argument about whether it's afflictive. Ella, the Omar, what she said was like this. The Omar, the top of today's page. Michael, we're always stalling for you, so you don't miss Thank anything. Oh, <laughs> <sorry. So, laughs> Ella, I'm getting closer. Ella, and, and you know, so Ella, the Omer Konam lie. You know what she said? She said it should be forbidden to me to bathe im erchatz uh, if I bathe today. If I bathe once, then it'll be forbidden forever. Um, Let's uh, look at the uh, at the Rashi. It should be forbidden to me to ever bathe if I bathe. Basically, she's forbidding herself to bathe. 
Now, what are the enjoyments of bathing? So Rashi brings, Kigon, Kichu, Pirchos, Vesicha. This includes all the perfumes and the eye things and the shmirs, Shem and the bathing itself. And so that would definitely be affliction if the, in, the, um, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the news they, they, they like to catch stars without their makeup because they look so totally different than the way they really, I think they call it, I don't know if they call it naked, or they have an expression for it as somebody who's, who's not uh, made up. And um, it's sometimes startling. Like, you know, they don't look nearly as good without all the professional, uh, uh, because they have all this, Rashi says, all the sikha and the kiko and the pirchus, and the, uh, uh, they, don't, they wouldn't naturally look the way they do. And then some of them want to pretend that they, oh, they look good in the natural way without all the, uh, uh, but you'll, uh, but at any rate, so uh, if that's the case, uh, and if I bathe, it'll become forbidden. And that's the reason the husband's allowed to uh, nullify it. What should, what, should, what should she do? Tirkat. If she bathes, Mitzrah Nasrachitza Allah, she'll never be able to bathe again. And that's something that's affliction. Lo Tirchat, and uh, you might say, well, maybe she just shouldn't bathe. Isle Nifl, that'll be disgusting. Rabbi Yossi Savr no, it's possible not to bathe. And the argument is, yeah, she, you know, you can be, there are other ways to be careful not to be disgusting. There again, that. I suppose in certain areas of the world, in Alaska or another North Pole, or people just didn't bathe for months because you just had no, uh, they had no means of of uh, of thawing the water, right? So uh, the um, so the, at this moment we're learning that that's the debate whether uh, um, the husband has to nullify the vow because it's going to be affliction because automatically if you don't bathe, it's going to be nivel. It's going to be disgusting or not. So if that really is the argument, the words don't really fit into what Rabbi Yossi says. Because ihachi, list ihachi, it should read like this. So again, this is our second attempt to come up with uh, the, the, uh, the words of the oath in the Mishnah about bathing that's really missing from the text. But we do have the fact that there's an argument about it. And we, whatever words we're going to put in have to fit in. To, we have to figure out what the argument is. So it should have said, Rav Yossi Omer, Tanai Zeh, Einbo Nafesh. He should say that he's not bothered by the fact that she said, if I bathe, I'll never be able to bathe again. That's no big deal. Uh, but it didn't say that. So since this also wouldn't fit, Ella, we're going to try again. I, I have a, there, there's always a question, you know, you're supposed to figure out the Havamina. You're supposed to figure out what the Gemara thought. But when you read to the end of the story, and you know the Gomorrah is going to throw it out, so it's often hard to invest much time into really getting into what was the thinking, because anyways, we're going to throw it out. <laughs> but you're really supposed to, because uh, especially if you learned it slow, we could spend a month on this and then find out the Gomorrah is going to reject it. Uh, but uh, there's just like a natural thing that, you know, all right, well, you know, anyways, the Gomorrah is going to say that this doesn't make sense, so let's get to... And sometimes the Gomorrah knew that it was going to... Th- There's two different kinds of Gomorrahs. Sometimes the Gomorrah in the beginning knew that uh, this answer wasn't going to stand. And then sometimes, no, it really did think it was going to stand. And you have to figure out for the words of the Gomorrah sometimes if it was a real Havamina. 
Uh, and there were people that specialized in that. What was the Havimina? What was the more thing? But either way, uh, we're going to spend more time on where we are. Ella, uh, three lines from the bottom. So, the f- yeah. So you want to work on the Havimina. That's fine. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's, that was really Rashi. Rashi learns it's the other things, not just the washing, even the makeup. And the, I guess the, um, I think if it was purely the bathing in a bathtub, well, if you did the oil thing and you did the perfume thing, it wouldn't necessarily be so bad. Uh, but clearly, if you're going to forbid not only bathing, but all of the things that are cleaning oneself, uh, that's clearly affliction. Uh, that I think that's that's the point that Gamar was trying to make. In other words, it's a, it's a broader. It, it includes the whole everything. Correct. Yeah. So you can't just say, "Well, I'm not going to go in a bathtub," but that means that I'm not going to uh, even do the oil and the perfume and all the other things. And that's clearly going to run into, according to everyone, you're going to even those that didn't do the formal bathtub thing, they or the formal schwitz, they definitely had other ways of clean, keeping oneself clean. Uh, uh, so that's the yeah. word he's complaining about? Yes, that's yeah. the word that he's, uh, that he's noticing. It's good that you asked, because I didn't emphasize <laughs> that. Yeah, right. Okay. So, but either way, uh, the Gemara is going to try again to come up with the exact formula. So let's try again three lines from the bottom. Third attempt. It'll be forbidden for me to benefit from any of the cleaning methods. If I, really, what she said is, I'm not going to bathe today. Forget it. I want to skip one. Um, you know, the uh, women, by the way, they have, it takes them a long time for their hair and other stuff. Uh, you know, what's the big deal? Bathe today. No, they want to skip for this one. So she says, if I bathe today, Yeah, right. Over here, it's today, right. So she's saying, if I bathe today, then everything's going to be forbidden. And the question is, can you uh, nullify that vow because that affects you even for one day? If, if, a, if a person were not to bathe one day, does that affect you? So, Rebiosi, uh so what's the argument? Well, that does affect you. That's, uh, there's a little bit of uh, smell even from one day. So that's, uh, that affects the husband, and that's a affliction. Rebiosi sovereign nivel lechad yom lo shmei nivel. Rebiosi holds... One day is Nishka Ferloch. Uh, I guess he wasn't, you know, I guess it depends on the situation, right? But uh, so, um, so this is the newest version of the argument in the Mishnah. Again, we have to add in a lot of words that weren't there in the original, but it's clear the Mishnah only said two words. Im erchatz, if I bet. It's clear that we didn't have the full text of the vow. So once we've, we're getting a full text, we might as well. Uh, so, but what we've added is, the argument is really about skipping bathing for a day, whether that's the affliction or not. So now the Gemara says, all right, for a second, for now, we're going to be okay with that, but shenis, what's the second vow? Shenis means like, all right, what's the, uh, uh, what, how does it go both ways? So, im erchatim lo erchat hekidami. What are the, the, the Mishnah had two vows. So if it's just, if I bathe today, everything's forbidden. So what's the other vow? So, if you want to say second line from the top, it should be forbidden for me to ever bathe again. If I don't bathe today, 
Lamali Hafora, why do you gotta why do you even need to nullify that? Uh Tiskasi. Um uh that's uh that's this word tiskasi means like um let her not bathe for the day. Um means like um how does the art scroll say on that tiskasi like what? Let her bathe. Um in other yeah, words, that, that starts the vow, though, right? If she bathes today. Yeah, if she bathes today. Um, so what's their argument? They're letting her bathe. There's, let's find the the the. Just okay. Um, let's see. I think, just give me a second. Yeah. So, um, so what is the trigger the Gemara wants to know? If you want to say, if I don't bathe today, it should be forbidden. So why does he need to nullify it? Just bathe today. Why, why would you, if I don't, in other words, if you say, if I bathe today, I'm in trouble, so that he, um, I'm sorry, if I don't bathe, if, if I, I if, if I bathe today, then, then everything, then, then no more. Right. So, so um, that's the same thing as a null in the vow, him and null in the vow. Right, if so he, today. right, but if, if she says, so why would he need to go to the trouble of nullifying it, just don't bathe today? Just let her, no, let her bathe today. Or let her, um, that's what it th- this is the other way, yeah. yeah right. he, um, so why does he need to nullify the vow? Let her just bathe. So, uh, so that that can't be the other side of the vow. We need a, we need to have a vow that goes both ways that there'll be affliction. So Amrimuda the Umra. So he says the case is Ahanas Rukhitsa Alila Olam. And now we add a whole new thing again. The Gemara here has got to be very creative to figure out this vow. Uh, he, basically, the um, the only water available, somebody threw the flax in. They've got this little pond in front of their house. And uh, it's flax season. And so they threw the flax in the water of the bathing water. So uh, you got to bite the bullet and dunk in the flax, you know, and bathe in the flax water, which is real stinky. So she swore that it'll be forbidden for me to bathe uh, again if I don't jump in the flax. I really don't want to go in there. It's really stinky. i got to hold my nose. But uh, if I don't, then it'll be forbidden for me to bathe again. So, mishra, and that's that was her vow. Uh, so the vasektani. So the Gemara says, all right. The, there was a parallel vow about using the uh, the the um, uh, the perfume. How does that fit? So the Gemara said that must be imlo is kashit imlo. What did it mean, imlo is kashit, if I don't perfume, imlo is kashit benefit? Maybe it meant, if, just like over there, if I, it'll be forbidden for me to bathe if I don't bathe today in the flax water. It'll be forbidden to me to perfume if I don't perfume with nafet, with um, nadir. It's a stinky stuff. So, in other words, basically today, for whatever reason, the bath, the bath, the bath water is awful. And the perfume water is awful. And people don't want to do it, so she swears, uh, if, if I don't do it today, it'll be forbidden. But the problem is, 
you can bathe in stinky water and uh, you still get bathed even though you got to hold your nose when you're in the water, but you can't perfume in stinky perfume. Uh, Lamar's question is, Liklaku, that's making yourself dirty. The word kishit implies, the word perfume implies that it's a good smelling thing. You can, apparently you can bathe in bad smelling water, but you can't perfume in bad smelling. The idea of perfume is you make yourself smell better, not you make yourself worse. So, this, uh, uh, this answer is running into trouble. So, um, Rabbi Huda, the Umrah, so Rabbi Huda says, uh, you're right, let's try again. <laughs> the Umrah, Hanas um, so we're getting off the, uh, the dunking in the flax water and, and this, this, the bad smelling stuff. He says, Umrah, um, he says, it'll be forbidden to me to bathe forever, im if I bathe today. And the second one is, Vishwa Shalo Erchatz. In other words, instead of being one a negative and one a positive, one's a nether and one's a shvua. It'll be forbidden to me uh, to uh, perfume forever if I do it today. And I take an oath that I won't do it. So this is a new, uh, a new answer. The two things are not two opposites. As we've had before, there's a different way to take a netter than it is to take a shvua. So one is lush and netter, and one is lush and shvua. And, uh, uh, and, and uh, that comes into that debate whether one day is an uh, affliction or not. Very simple question. Is, the Torah says that a husband is allowed to nullify vows that afflict oneself, and she says, if I do it today, it will be forbidden. Is that affliction to uh, go a day without it? And, but so one's a netter and one's a shvua. So Lumara has a different question on this. This is the new pshat, that the one was a neder and one was a shua. We said that these were nedarim. And according to you, the, the, one of the cases of the Mishnah is a shua. So he says, no problem. You could actually put that in the words. In the words of the Mishnah, you can add the word shua. And that solves all the problems. Or, Iboy Seima, if you don't want to do that, Shvuas Nami Hainanadarim. This is one of the famous rules that even though there's a difference in a Nedar and a Shvua, sometimes when it uses the word Nedarim, it includes Shvuas. Where do you see such a thing in the Mishnah? It calls it a Nedar when you make a Shvua. So, um, Therefore, so again, this is the latest explanation of the two languages of the Mishnah. Why was one positive and one was negative? See, a positive thing is the Shua. Uh, I, you know, I, I will, um, a negative thing is this will be forbidden to me like a Corbin if I do this. Okay. So, Umra, uh, let's go back to the Gemara, right in the middle of the page. Umrah Banan, Rechitza Ispu Inay Nefesh. And bathing if you don't bathe, there's an inoi nefesh. Uh, so, fine. So, this is the newest explanation. Now, the Gemara wants to ask an outside question. We're, uh, the, the whole debate is the one-day not bathing affliction. But everybody agrees that, in, in general, that, well, not everybody. Rabbi Yossi says one day is no big deal. But the, the main opinion, the Tarakama, is that even one day is, uh, not bathing is called inoi. Is that true? Do you mean to say that lack of bathing is called afflicting? If you don't bathe. Let's ask a question. And the question is going to come from Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, that's the day we're like angels. 
That's the day where we afflict ourselves. That's the day where we don't eat and we don't drink. And we also don't bathe. But we learned, even though you're not allowed to do any of them, you're not allowed to wear leather shoes, you're not allowed to do any of the afflictions, but ain't onish chorus, you're not going to get in big trouble. There's only three things that you'll get cut off, that that's it for life, that you're cut off from your sore, the worst penalty. That's for eating on Yom Kippur, drinking on Yom Kippur, or working on Yom Kippur. Uh, driving or whatever, malacha. But uh, if you happen to bathe, we're, it's not it's it's not uh, not good. It's a rabbinic law. It's it's usher, uh, but it's not. Uh, we won't cut you off if you wash your hands on Yom Kippur. The amris, if you're going to say kilo inui, but didn't we just say if you don't bathe, it's afflicting oneself? If you, uh, if you wash, you're unafflicting your On Yom Kippur, you have to afflict yourself. And if you eat, you're unafflicting yourself. You're, 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 you're not afflicting. So if that's true, if you wash on Yom Kippur, we should throw the book at you. So based on the way we're learning our Mishnah, that the affliction, according to the Tanakhama, is even one day of bathing is afflicting, so then how come you're not in big trouble for Yom Kippur? So again, you're in some trouble, but you don't get cut off for it. But we said that any time you break your affliction, you get cut off. So why aren't you in super trouble for Yom Kippur if you break your affliction? Amarava, the answer is that there is a different nuance in Yom Kippur than there is uh, over here. Amarav, you have to look at the definition given in the verse. By Yom Kippur it says, Tanu it says, afflict your souls. Milsa de yada inunya. It means something that you can see on the person. It has to be an affliction that's evident uh, right now. Rechitza lo yada inyana hashta. You can't tell whether the person bathed that moment or not. But if they don't eat... Um, it, it's interesting. I, it's sometime at uh, Yom Kippur afternoon, you look around and you notice people look a little different than they usually do. They're a little more pale. They're a little more dried out. Like, it, it, you, and then you notice you probably look different too. But it's, there, there is a different look to people that are, that are fasting. Let's look in the Ran. Milsa, the um, uh, last thin-lined Ran on the right side. If you don't eat, you can tell. You can tell people that didn't eat. And the Torah doesn't insist on Yom Kippur. Um, now, I don't know how we know that from the words. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a theory, but uh, that's what we're saying. It says that the Inay Nafshasechem. Affliction, it's implying something that we'll see on you. But, um, yeah, the, the Ran doesn't really... Um, the, uh, let's look at the Ran, see if that helps. You can't tell. The Lav Koyom Ran, not everybody bathes every day. Vahashtanami, uh, some people won't tell you, but certain, certain children like to skip bathing. They, they, they won't bathe if you don't get on top of them. And uh, the mothers can tell, but not everybody can tell. It's not nicker. 
it implies that on this day you're supposed to afflict yourself and, and it's something that we would notice. And so if you happen to not bathe, we wouldn't notice it, so that's not called lack of affliction, uh, at least not for the chorus penalty. So back to the Gemara. So that's the, uh, that's the criteria for affliction on Yom Kippur, a noticeable affliction. So the Gemara said, Hashta gabe, but gabe nefarim, by vows, exceed kol nadir v'koshua asr lanos nefesh. It says you're not allowed to afflict yourself. Milsid isle inoi. Uh, it's something that has affliction. If you never bathe, even if you're not immediately stinky, eventually it's going to catch up to you. So that's the, uh, again, this was a side question on our latest version of what, it, it's clear that the Mishnah is arguing about uh, the short-term bathing being the husband's uh, uh, prerogative to revoke, and Rabbi Yossi says no, and that yes, but we're saying that it's included in the word Inoy, and we, had a, a, we got sidetracked with the question by Yom Kippur, where there's the view that you don't get cut off if you happen to bathe on Yom Kippur. Okay. But everybody agrees that if you don't bathe, eventually you'll come to Inoy, you'll eventually be afflicted, and that's why it affects the vow. But Reb Yossi seemed to say that short-term lack of bathing is not an affliction. So the Mora has a question on that. Varami de Reb Yossi at Reb Yossi. Let's, let's ask a contradiction on Rav Yossi from the following. You know, when, whatever you say can be used against you. You know, the big thing is uh, our, our president said that somebody who has um, a secret uh, classified documents uh, is irresponsible. And the problem is now that he has it, so it's, the, different. it's different, right, okay. But the problem is that everything you say, you have to be consistent with. And today, we have records of what people say. So the same thing is true in the Mishnah. If you say something over here, the Gemara is going to ask you over there. That's true. So Rabbi Yossi, we're learning over here that he's saying that you skip bathing one day, yeah, that's not affliction. The husband has no rights to, to uh, get involved in that kind of vow. But let's ask a question from the following. There's the Tosefta in Bab Metziah. Ma'ayin shobanei ir. All right. Uh, water wars. Uh, is the water wars between Georgia and uh, Florida still going on, or the they, yeah, not, they got, in Alabama? They got a, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, they've been fighting over for a hundred years. They did. They're not fighting anymore. Oh, come on, they must be fighting about something, right? Never mind how I've heard of it. Uh-huh. They've always been fighting over the. They've been having water wars. So in the time of the Gemara, they also had water wars between. Uh, 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 between cities. So you got a well, I mean, look, Yitzchak and uh, the Plishtim had the water, you know, it's uh, water rights. So, so you have a well in your city, and uh, uh, if you, uh, only enough water for the residents of your city, not the uh, uh, res- other residents. Yeah. The spring, okay. Okay. You're saying that's, I see, a spring, yeah, thank you, yeah, that's a, a well is kind of small. Ma'ayan is a, is a spring, okay? Ma'ayan shomenayir, so you've got this well, chayem, and if you use it, uh, then other people can't. So, v'chayacherim, chayem kodman, v'chayacherim, well, tough luck on them, your life comes first. You're allowed to use it, even though there won't be, a, you're allowed to, I mean, you have to take care of your life, and, uh, you know, you've got to, uh, that's, that's the first thing. What about behemtum, 
if there's enough water for the water your animals, and your neighbors need to use it for the animals, your animals come before their animals. You know, you're allowed to uh, worry about your needs first. Kavisan, what about washing your clothes? Can you wash your clothes in the water? Kavisan, that was the washing machine. Kavisasacherim. And if you wash, they won't have any water to wash. Kavisan, kodamas the kavisasacherim. So far, it's kind of very clear that uh, you're allowed to put your own needs first. And even if that means the other town won't have, that's fine. So again, we got three sets of needs. We got you, and then your animals, and then your clothing. Now, what about if you wash your clothes in the water, they're going to die because they don't have drinking water. The lives of others and your washing, if you're going to use that water for washing your clothes and put the detergent in there, then the neighbors are not going to have what to drink. So be a good idea to let them live and free skip the washing. You know, don't you think that would be the proper thing to do? Even though you're allowed to take care of yourself first, but not at the expense of their life. <clears throat> Rabbi Yossi says, no. You're allowed to wash your clothes, and that comes before their life. Why? Because if you don't wash your clothes, you're not going to have a life. You're going to get uh, you dirty, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. Uh, it was more than that. In, the, in that kind of climate, if you didn't wash, you're going to get diseases and things. And so, event, you know, that's part of your life necessity. So Rabiosi says, even one day of washing you're allowed to do, even if that means they don't have water that day. Now, hashtag visa om Rabiosi yesh bem sar. Reb Yossi says that you're afflicting yourself if you don't wash your clothes one day. So, goof, kulo, your whole body, if you don't wash. If Reb Yossi's Mr. Clean, you know, when it comes to clothing, so why wasn't he Mr. Clean when it came to washing the whole body? So, this doesn't, that doesn't fit. We'll have to find out. No, I'll do it. <laughs> let's, let's see the answer. Can't leave it in suspense. You won't be able to. So, uh, Amri, he still wears this. Amri, in Kvisa Alimalar of Yossi. Maybe washing the clothes is more important than washing your body, as far as disease goes. Um, in other words, the, uh, there are certain things that can live in your clothes. You know, that if you don't, you know, especially again in those climates, they had stuff living in the clothes. And, uh, but we'll have to leave the rest for tomorrow. But the, uh, the, the right now, we're, again, there's an argument in our Mishnah about a husband being allowed to nullify a vow that the wife makes. And, and the vow had to do with washing. And Rabbi Yossi argued and said, that's not called affliction. And the way we came out, we were talking about uh, uh, just for one day. Uh, but our question is, if washing um, uh, for one day, um, the... Uh, um, it, if, if washing the clothes uh, is an affliction, uh, if skipping that, so certainly washing the body. But we'll have to take up this contradiction on Shabbos, Mertesham. Okay, have a good Shabbos, everybody. A great day. Be well. Yeah.